Hey, it's your girl Q. What it do on another episode of About a Gay Girl Podcast? Thank you for listening. Welcome back. We're on season two, episode six. Yeah, I dig what it do. It's it's live. It's pimping. It's pimping. It's it's crazy in this thing. You know, you feel the energy? No. <laughs> I appreciate you listening, and you're in for a treat today as well. Um, it's my Mother's Day special episode. And guess who I have on? I mean, if you if you can just line up the clues and the dots, it's gonna be my mother. My mother, my mother's on. I'm so excited. Monica D. Douglas, yo. That is my mom. I'm so excited to have her on the spotlight here, get to know her. And, you know, this is hopefully more like sort of a, a birth, not a birthday, a Mother's Day, a gift to her in a way. So I'm really excited to let you guys in um, and and see the dynamic that we are. Uh, thank you so much for being patient. I know I didn't post anything in April, but, uh, you know, I started a new job and kind of got into the swing of things there. But I am back on my grind, back on the, um, what they call it, the horsey? I'm not sure what they say. But hey, we here now, and that's all that matters. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. And you're in for a treat, like I said, so uh, get comfortable. <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, thank you so much for listening to that annoying um, ad. But, you know, hopefully one day I can make big bucks off of this. So keep listening, tell your friends to listen. It's all good in the hood, right? Okay, so like I said, you're in for a treat, you're in for a doozy. You're in for a whimsical fun time. It's my Mother's Day special episode, and I have my beautiful, wonderful mom with me. I've been wanting to do this episode since 2019. And so in May of 2019, I moved to, what's it called? Uh, Atlanta, of course, you know, right? I think my move date was like May 5th or May 6th or something. And so um, I think my mind was just so like, like, uh, like, you know, really nervous about moving to another city by myself. And I think when I, I I started unpacking and I finally put my, you know, my wall calendar up because I'm a Virgo. I keep me a wall calendar. Um, so I had that up and I looked, I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Mother's Day was the same weekend that I moved to Atlanta. And I was like, how selfish, selfish of you, Q. Like, you didn't think about Mother's Day. And like, you know, it's not like it's an unimportant day at all it's more so just like I was just in my head about moving to Atlanta so the next year I wanted to do the Mother's Day podcast but it was um 2020 it was what's it called uh the pandemic COVID was alive and well and uh I was like well let's see what um you know just gonna get my life together so here we are now in 2022 amazing May it's beautiful I hope it's beautiful wherever you are and uh let's get to it so I have my mom here today, Monica Douglas, and I want to spotlight her, and then we'll just get right into it. So hey, mommy, um, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, baby girl, for having me here. I'm excited. Cool. I hope you'd be excited. I, you would be sad. I'm just kidding. No, you, you, you was excited from the jump since I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you all, uh, my mom is in um, another state, of course. Uh, not of course, but so she is on... We're using a FaceTime um, right now, so uh, if there's any audio or you know technical issues, just be um, patient with us. We do appreciate y'all. All right, Mommy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Name, age, pronouns, location, occupation, and interesting things about you. Okay, well, hi, everybody. My name is Monica. Um, I am 48 years old. 
I live in Indy. Well, I don't live in Indianapolis, but I am born and raised in Indianapolis, but I just live in one of the suburbs called Fishers, Indiana. Now, uh, my occupation is I am I am an entrepreneur, business owner. I am a private chef for hire, and I'm sure we're going to get that during the um, during this podcast. And uh, what else did you say, Q? Uh, your pronouns. What else did you want? Oh, pronouns. My pronouns are her and she. Am I correct? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, some fun and interesting things about me. One is that I love riding motorcycles. Um, Harley Davidson rider, and I do plan to get another one. And then another interesting fact would be that I used to be a police officer. I did 11 and a half years in law enforcement. I was a flight attendant for a whole 16 months. That was a fun thing. And I am an avid, uh, let me think. I love to cook, I love to read, more so audiobooks at this point in time in my life. Um, let me think, something else is fun, interesting. I love my kids, like, to the moon, to the sun, throughout this whole galaxy. There's no end to the love I have for my children. And, I don't know, we might pull out some more fun and interesting things. I'm more of a spontaneous person and on a discovery for self. So, I may not know all the fun things that I like to do and what makes me interesting. I love that, because you're leaving it open. You're not, you know, you're not saying that, oh, I've, I've, I've reached this point. And you're like, I'm still going to learn some new things and everything like that. I love that. And, with that being Absolutely. said, you um, you know, you mentioned a lot of things we did. You were a police officer for 11 years. Obviously, I was part of, the, not part of that. I witnessed that, and um, you know, witnessing, you know, you were a younger mother, and having uh, watched you work for um, working those in those different professions and jobs, um, it was really you know admirable. Uh, especially like me being 31 right now. I think what job did you have when you were 31? Well, when I was 31, that is when I was part of my law enforcement career. So, um, yeah, I, I started to train. Yeah, I did. I started to train right when, um, I guess at 31, 32, I was at the processing center. Yeah, that's when I was doing the civilian police officer work. So, absolutely. I remember having my 30th birthday, actually, during that time. And you didn't, you weren't able to celebrate it for real, for real, were you? I was able to celebrate the uh, the other recruits. They at the time I was eating. You remember when I used to eat olives and ice all the time? Yeah. Yes. And on my birthday, they all because we were in training that year. Yeah, because it was 2003, and yeah, I would have been uh, 30 that year. So they brought me. Everybody in the class brought me like all these different bottles of olives, <laughs> and it was so cool. And they had it on my seat when I got to uh, training that year. Aww. Because my birthday is July 24th. I'm a Leo. Yes, that's another interesting fact. I have a Leo mother, y'all. And she a Leo to the T. To the rawr, to the lion. <laughs> but that's cool. I, I tell people sometimes, like, you did your law enforcement thing. I, I've done, you know, I well, attempted the fire department, but EMT now. But more so, I, I was a corrections worker for five, four months, four or five months during COVID. Mm-hmm. I'll be following your yes. a little bit here and there, but um, we'll 
we'll see. I definitely appreciate your hard work. Um, you've been in the bank. I've also been a banker as well. You, um, yes. You've done a lot of things. That was fun. Yes, I have. I didn't even realize. I forgot all about that. I am pretty interesting, huh? Right. Yeah, I did. I love banking. I just feel like every time I'm in service to people, it is. it just brings me joy. Yeah. So. My earliest, memories, my earliest memories of your job, you used to bake, uh, bake cakes back in when you were in college. Bake, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a cake decorator. So here in Indiana, there was a company that was founded called More Supermarkets. And when I was in high school, which I went to Arsenal Technical High School, Go Titans, Green and White, um, my minor was commercial foods. And I absolutely adored cooking because of my lineage from my my mother and my grandmother, but that folded over into me working for Marsh Supermarket as their uh, cake decorator. I did the most basic of cakes. Um, and it was, but I was afforded that knowledge with my uh, my minor in high school, only to turn around and get, be an apprentice for uh, a restaurant shop owner, owner in Vincennes, Indiana. And Doc's Custom Cakes and Catering, uh, God rest her soul, she died about seven years ago but she taught me the art of customing my cakes out so from that from that one-on-one teaching with her I was able to come home once I graduated and do cakes on the side for people's weddings and birthday cakes it was pretty fun big ups to die that's dope big ups to die yes <laughs> that's amazing I, I just remember you know you would make these cakes I thought you were magical I'm like look at this artistry um and you would you would always give me and five to my aunt, my sister, my mom's um, oldest eldest daughter. Uh, I'll give her. We would. You would make the top flat when the cake baked. That was the only part of the cake that I liked, and I never <laughs> to this day don't feed me no cake. I don't want no cake. I don't. Yeah. So that was one of those things that embedded in me. <laughs> yes, cutting off the tops to make them flat. That's true. That's okay. what we do. So uh, obviously your, your your culinary um, artistry and knowledge and skill set started pretty early. Um, with that being said, you know uh, we're here to spotlight you, learn more about you on this wonderful Mother's Day special. Um, we want to tell us. So you start off with uh, you know Food MD, and you started with Food MD early, and it's and it's sprouted to Umi's Table um, or Umi's Catering is Umi's Table. It's Umi's Table. So Umi's Table. Tell us more about Food MD. I love how creative the name is. So back in the day when, I'll say around about 20, 2006, anywhere between 2006 and 2008, um, when I started to do more of the savory side, you know, you mentioned my cake uh, decorating days, but that was, I was just very used to baking, but I had this knack and need to do more of the savory side, which is just chefing basically so um my first entrance was into the fitness world taking someone's um, their list that their trainer gives them and flipping that list into making something delicious and fun and vibrant to eat back then it was a lot of mantra about oh the food is bland you know you're eating the same thing every day and then I just took the list and made it more vibrant and fun. And so I said, wow, I'm really doctoring up these dishes. And then, of course, my initials are MD, 
And so what a great play on words to call myself the food MD. Like I'm the food doctor because I be doctoring up the dishes. It was so good. Everybody still to this day call me the food doctor. The food doctor. <laughs> I heard other food MD doctor. And I was like, Monica, she is so creative, yo. Like, so cool. And it's, I mean, I, I think that's a, a great coinage. Um, a self-coinage name, whatever it's called, that you did. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, you should always, um, you know, stand, stand beside it. Like, that's all, that's you. Like, no one yeah. else can do that. Like, you did. They call me do it. Yep. Everybody's like, well, you're the food doctor. I said, well, yeah, I am food, Monica Douglas. But, yep, I'll take the food doctor, too. <laughs> um, give her a white coat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the white chef's coat. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, the food MD started doing um you know your the, the helping people um what's it called when you do the my brain is going blank the food what, for days what's it called? Oh, oh that meal prep Ooh, I i'm sorry you guys just to put it out there i don't enjoy meal prepping but however i had coined this um, little party called the clean eating party that i used to do where i would actually bring people into my home set up different stations and i would show them how fun it was with the limited, well, I won't say that the food was limited, but just different techniques in the health food world that would strive for them to eat more creatively and more colorful. Um, and just by just doing different techniques instead of like, it's just a simple thing. Like instead of baking your chicken, you can pan your chicken. It's just the difference. You get that caramelization on food versus that really opaque look that you might get from baking. Just fun stuff like that and showing them how to make their own salad dressings. And it was just really good. And so people were really buying into that. But that was my entrance into basically the savory world of cooking. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, meal prepping, which led to some of your amazing pop-in kitchens, which where people where you were yeah. set the event or food wise like breakfast I, mean, I remember you had breakfast a lot and then people would come and pick up a plate this was back in at least what 2018 um yeah pick up a plate and then they you know they either eat there they could leave and they just you know they wanted some custom homemade food from the food and meat from monica douglas and that was that was momentous and that was amazing it even helped you in those in those uh events and those scenarios too but uh, yeah. one of your pivotal, not pivotal, should I say, because I think you still have a lot of amazing things to come and still have done prior or after this event, but you had the food, the food concert. So yeah, want to tell us about the food concert? Because we'd love to have you do it again. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. So the food concert came. So I started being the food MD. Then I, so on the background of all of this, I was leaving different jobs. I had left being a police officer because I had this really big burning desire to really be in the food world, to immerse myself in the food food world. And so the dream was very big. So I started leaving these jobs, right? I left being a police officer, went into flight attendant, left flight attendant, went into uh, grocery store management because I love grocery stores. And then from grocery store management, that's when it was the really biggest moment. I left because I'm not formally trained in the food world. I am actually uh, more trained as a police officer to do anything. So I had to take myself out of all these different type of careers to get to what I love. And I had to set myself on the path of getting my own training. And if that, if that meant leaving jobs to go work with a chef, then that's what I'd done. 
Um, so I went and worked with a local chef here that's very successful in his business. And during that time there, I learned a lot about the back of the house of how to prep food for the culinary world versus for someone to just eat in order to make your food um, presentable for a crowd. You have to have so much work that's done in the background. That's what I'm talking about. So when I learned that, I was literally one day just in service and we were getting ready for an event and it hit me this, this idea of pairing food with music. I was literally polishing a glass. Um, I had kind of, I had some earbuds on. I was listening to some music. I was listening to The Secret Garden and I started having aromas come from the kitchen because we were getting ready for this event. And all of a sudden, I started to think of a dish that would go with The Secret Garden. And ultimately, what spurred the whole food concert event was I that in that moment, I said, wouldn't it be amazing that if we got to dessert and dessert was vegetables? <laughs> and to me, it blew my mind. And, and from that moment, Polishing the Glass spurred the whole uh, uh, an entire event of 40, per, 40 people, five-course meal with service, and a very beautiful uh, eclectic place here in Indiana called the Harrison Center for the Arts. And we had the, the dinner in the Harrison Center room where the art changes monthly. And we did it for Valentine's Day that year, and it was simply amazing that to pair a whole entree to a particular song that spurred that emotion, um, the way it looks, the way it tastes, smell, feels in the mouth. It was just really good. It was a good time. And you were amazing. Mrs. Server extraordinaire. You and all your friends. I definitely couldn't have done it without you and your crew of great friends. Yes. Shout out to them, but shout out to you and your idea and bringing and the people that came to support. Um, not only the people that came to eat, but you know, you had an MC, you had some live music, um, live, I think you had a, was a, not a violinist, a bassist, maybe? No, we did have a violinist, you're correct. We did, we had spoken word artists, we had an acapella artist, Miss Okara Imani, shout out to Okara, and then we had Leonard Perkins, he was a violinist, and then we had Tony Sticks, he was our, uh, our poetic, uh, extraordinaire that night, and we had... Michael Washington, he was our photographer that evening. And then I had Cipriano, he was my my right-hand man. And then uh, Toya TJ Downs, she was our MC for the night. It was an, it wasn't a match. It was magical. It was magical. I had you, you was in charge of all the service, and then Fatima, she was in charge of hosting. Yes, it's such a, <laughs> it a and oh, let's not forget Johnny, Johnny, because we tell you something. If the dishes don't get washed, the event can't go on. My son-in-law rocked it out. Yes. I'll never forget. It felt like a great family affair, and some very close friends that night that really helped pull that event off. It was amazing. I feel it. I feel like we can. Um, it's, it's gonna happen, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm here to, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm bringing my people. We gonna, I'm gonna fly up, and we gonna do it again because no one has done anything like that before. And I want to be part of the operations team. I want to be part of the front of house team. I want to be serving. I want to get us all right and tight. Folks don't feel like they walk into right. a palace and they're like, whoa, this is. They gonna feel like it's all about them. You know, that's what. It's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna become an annual thing. It's gonna just keep growing and growing. Like I love that. I love yeah. that for you. So yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That so. sounds amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> People have been asking for it again, so I'm doing these little micro micro events because I'm a small party girl. That's what I like. I like the 
small intimate fear of you have to know somebody to know somebody to know somebody to be into our doors. So it's going to be good. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Dope. Um, well, we'll definitely get, um, thank you for talking about that because that's one of my favorite things that um, UMD, UMD's table has uh, presented to the folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I know you also have a seasoning that you sell um, and that, and that's called what now? So we have Umi seasoning as well. So the advent of the seasoning used to be our salmon seasoning. It used to be what I would just use on to blacken salmon. And I literally was in my home just making these blends. And people started buying them. They would really come to pick up Ziploc baggies of the seasoning. <laughs> I felt kind of like a pusher almost. But it was pretty fun. So as that kept growing, I said it would be really fun to have this uh, packaged up professionally and I finally got that seasoning into a canister with our logo but it is called Umi's the original house blend now so we had to change the name from salmon seasoning because it was alienating people for from using the seasoning on other type of proteins and even your vegetables. So we went ahead and made a switch. It's our original house blend. You were on and in on that. I appreciate you, you guys' uh, input. It was fun for that to do that with you guys. And um, so it's been rebranded. It's still the same great seven eclectic blends of uh, herbs and spices. And it's on sale on my website. What's your website? For $10. It is www.umistable.com. And Umi, Umi is spelled U-M-M-I-S and then table, umistable.com. Amazing. And you guys can find that website in the uh, episode description below or whichever um, streaming platform you're using. So go ahead and head over to umistable.com and show some support. And I, I kid you not, I have some Umi's Table in my uh, cupboard right now you know i don't cook like that but i should probably put now on everything i put that ish on everything as they say <laughs> well that's amazing you have um a plethora on your resume and i know it's gonna continue to keep growing and stuff um so um umis umis is growing umis, so you i i know you've cooked for a multiple uh, multiple people um places things um Pacers, uh, a lot of private events cooked for people with uh, maybe some actors. I don't know. What? Tell me more about um, where do you see Umi's going, and what sets you apart from your counterparts or competition with Umi's Umi's table. So, as far as so currently, Umi, and I'd just like to give your listeners what Umi means because they were like oh are we saying yummy or umi it's important i believe to so that they can grasp what it is so umi's table is actually umi means my mother so it is my mother's table a culinary experience so even our seasoning so that's so for to where our business is going is all because of where it started for me so my mother and my grandmother were the avid cooks on um, on our on my mother's side of the family, and um, she had food dreams. But she passed away when she was 41, back in 1997. So that energy has always lived inside of me that she had these food dreams. She had the she wanted a restaurant, 
But as I have grown um, older and I've watched the culinary scene change, you know, we all now have DoorDash. No one really dines in no more. People are looking for more whole foods, you know, great preparations. Um, no more of the days when we are just like, hey, we go to this restaurant, dish in, in 20 whatever, and then five years later, we go into that restaurant and they have literally the same menu. People want creativity and experiences. And when I took my time and went and worked with another chef for the first time, that also helped me spur my creativity to wanting to always give experiences uh, and bring people back around the table. We're really living in a really quick, fast, let's hurry up and go type world. So to have someone bring you to their table to be a service to you, it makes people feel special. So with, with my business now, and it has metamorphosized into different things to where it is today, it really has a big focus on people having dinner with service. Currently, I offer a six-course meal with service. We come in and we bring uh, all the tableware, the decorations, you have your chef, and then you have your service waste staff. And people are really buying into this because it really feels good to be in one's own beautiful home and have an experience that is comparative, if not sometimes better, than going out to a five-star restaurant. Because you're in your own home, you don't even have to leave, and yet you're having this fine quality service. And uh, it has been beneficial, and it has spurred into me working with the Pacers, um, people are recommending me uh, because the, not only is the service amazing, I believe that as I keep teaching myself that the cuisine is just as amazing. And um, so we have worked with the Pacers at this point uh, as the guest chef program. And we have that turned into doing more corporate events for the corporate staff of the Pacers. And that has been really fun. And I have worked in the private sector, and I've hit some some local celebrities here. Uh, I've cooked for the Eps and uh, a few of the Pacers, but they but they have been moved on to other teams at this time. And I've had the ex CEO of a very big corporation, Eli Lilly, here, and that was a great time being his personal chef for a little over two years. Wow, amazing! So with well, thank you. I also feel like, well, ultimately what I want to do with Umi is to have one, uh, bring on more chefs who will like to, who likes this concept and to get into my own brick and mortar, my first brick and mortar to test it out, to have Umi's table as a private entity that you can, that's bookable. And then when it's not booked to do these amazing public events where you sell in the seats and in in this brick and mortar space it's, a, it's basically I feel like I'm creating a new genre of entertainment that food is the focus but it's only at 20 people at a time and so you'll book your events like maybe a wedding wedding rehearsal dinner for 20 people on the private side but then on the flip side when there's no bookings we can do something as fun as a um a wine dinner, a beer dinner, uh, meet up or pair up with a local artisan and put their um, cuisine or their creations together with my um, my creativity. And they are there talking about their product, they're eating food, they're learning something or 
you know, just a just a fun night. It might be a singles night, you know. Invite people or have you know, I'm all about it. I'm loving it. I have this gay pride. When gay pride is ending, I want to do a gay pride uh, event for the community because I have many, many, many friends in the LGBTQ community. Speaking of, that makes you an ally, yeah? Absolutely. Because you wouldn't be messing with me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, let me tell you something how I love my cutism. <laughs> I love my babies. Can't nobody make me make me not never ever. You hear me? Heard, heard and understood. <laughs> I'm so proud of you with um, Umi's table. Um, every time I hear Umi's table, I think of Nana, your mom, and you know that is one of the most crisp memories I have of Nana um, since she, she passed away when I was seven, and um, and so Nana would cook. You know. I, my memory, I don't know if it was every Sunday or every other Sunday, but, you know, the folks in the neighborhood would come. I thought I had a big, big family, but just just learning. I'm happy. It was a bunch of friends and that came into the house. I didn't know that. Um, so Nana really did her thing. She really held up. I always called her the rock of the family. Nothing was ever really the same after she passed away, but I definitely love that you are keeping her le- her legendary, her, her legacy. legacy alive through your yeah. food and through your company or your business and so you know I know she's um, very very proud of you we'll definitely talk more about Nana here in a second um, but um, is there anything else you want to add about Umi's table um, you can um, on the website there is some um, menus that people can choose from we do travel um, I have been flown to Florida her client to be of service for their Christmas dinner. That was really fun. I just noticed that as I grow, different opportunities are coming in place and I'm being recognized. I just finished two segments on our local Fox 59 here. I had done one because of Gamebridge, um, our stadium in the Pacers, and I had a moment to spotlight my business. And then the second time I was invited back and I showed how to do an elevated Easter preparation. So that was pretty fun. Nice. Um, it's, it's just, I feel like it's happening. It's, being in business is challenging, but it's definitely moving in the right direction. Just because it's going in the right direction doesn't mean it's not without a little bit of sweat and a little bit of tears. <laughs> for sure. All about the persistence, um, showing up for yourself. And, you know, at the end of the day, you are um, a direct reflection of your business. And you're beautiful. Continue to, to put that on the forefront. Continue to show that smile. People see that. Um, they'll see that in their food and in Umi's table. So I'm, I'm happy. Sometimes, most of the time, I'll be wishing I'll be, be there with you helping at your events because, you know, I, I remember I was bartender once at one event and I was like, hey, you know. <laughs> so, it's, something, it's something different when you're able to support your your mom like that. Like, I really, really, like, that really makes my heart happy. Like, don't pay me. I'm, I'm here to see you succeed and, and to aid in your success. And that just really... Know. it's like it's like when your mom you see your kids succeeding I, that's like me but the opposite so <laughs> yeah like, I'm so 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 proud of you um, especially for how far you've come and like what you've done you had kids at a young age you also lost your mom at a young age and you kept these jobs going kept staying afloat doing what you need to do and you know you finally was like let me just follow my dream let me follow my heart and here you are you're two we're, we're talking two years or a year and a half of entrepreneurship um, I would say 
two years solid of entrepreneurship. Uh, this is the only thing I've done was, uh, and it was during the pandemic that was actually the springboard of, uh, it was August of uh, 2020. Um, I had already started to pivot and leave jobs. Um, unfortunately, I was, uh, um, well, fortunately, I was the private chef to uh, the now deceased Richard Wood. Um, ultimately, he ended up passing away April 16th, and I had already took myself out of my management job at a local, well, first time grocery store here and uh, farmer's market. And then I was working as a private chef and then I was doing um, Umi's. I don't, I think, the, I don't even, I don't even think the business was named Umi's at the time, but I think it, we finally named it at that point Umi's Catering. And uh, so here I am thinking, I'm, it's great. I leave my job and I got everything lined up and boom, the pandemic hits. And uh, so immediately I was like, okay, um, I no longer work at the grocery store, but I have Mr. Wood. Uh, so we go through, um, that was the plan. And I was like, I don't have to be on the front lines. And I felt safe. Um, but then we get that in, I think the mid of March, it going close to, closer to the end of March, we learned that um, some of the uh, staff had falling ill with COVID and it wasn't good. Things really bad things were happening fast in my experience with COVID and ultimately this um, one person someone had brought COVID into the home where I was a service I, out of eight people three were positive and three were excuse me, five were positive and three were negative and I was one of the negatives and I feel very blessed but in that it was the one thing that took out our client who was very elder. He was in his 90s. And so then that left me with now. I had already left my job and now I have lost my client. And this is at the forefront of me thinking I'm going to start my business. So it was very, very challenging in the beginning. But in 2019, I had already come up with the idea that I only wanted to be in service to 20 people at a time. And so back then I was already like, when everything was good, I said, why is there this big need? Why do I have this feeling? And I just, I drove, I mean, I lived in that feeling and I would tell people about this idea that I had in my head called 20 people, a private dining experience, right? And I was so passionate. I didn't realize how I was coming off. But people was like, oh, well, where can I book? I was like, huh? And they was like, well, when can I book? Like, I want to book you. I was like, well, it's just a dream right now. They said, well, you need to hurry up and make that dream a reality because that sounds amazing. I mean, I really had people on board. So go by fast forward back to, to the pandemic. All 2019, I talked about it like it was real. But then 2020 happens and it seemed like this is really going to fail. But actually the pandemic was the springboard because since August of 2020, I've been in business. I've been getting, I was the, everybody needed that small party. Everybody wanted intimate gatherings. When world slowly started to open up, that's what people wanted. And they can, they felt close, they felt safe with people that they knew, which is a part of my business acumen for my, my, my brand and my company. Only to realize that when the world finally blossomed and we really are where we at today, people found the, 
the um with what word am I looking for? They finding the the good reasons why like this is something that we had to do, but we find great value in making sure that we are communing with decent people around our tables that are that that we find very important to us or we really love and we really want to celebrate. So people came back into the home and now they really love the one thing that they weren't doing, which was dining around their tables, having those intimate parties, you know, small parties, high value parties, meaning, you know, the, the people there, the quality of your 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 entertainment, your guests and your food all in one space. And in most times they're beautiful homes, you know, so they need to utilize those spaces in their homes that they don't normally utilize on a daily basis. your website, your Insta, uh, your social medias, and so they can reach out to sure. you. So you can reach out to our phone number is 317-953-FDMD, and that's abbreviated for food MD. So that's once again, 317-953-FDM3, which is 3363. Our website is table.com U-M-M-I-S table.com. And our IG handle and Facebook handle is for our business pages is at at sign Umi's Table. Amazing. All right. We'll take a little small break here. We'll get right back to you and uh, keep tuning in. We got a little bit more for y'all. y'all so thank you so much for continuing listening i hope you've enjoyed it so far um my mother's amazing i hope you guys you know think about y'all moms um heavenly if you still have your mom and if you don't you know think about your moms uh this is an amazing time just to you know just think about your mother and what they do um for you and just for themselves and in their personal growth and everything um, so let's bring this back into, you know, what this, this show is all about gayness. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sort of not really. Um, so this is about a gay girl. Uh, so with that being said, mommy, uh, this is something I always want to talk to you about. Like, um, I know, I think I came out to, well, I don't think I came out to you, um, sort of, but I came, it was around 2012, 2011, 2012. Um, you asked me, you know, what, what was up with my friend, quote unquote, and you know, all the, then came, then you know, the rainbow hit the fan, and there it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so let me tell y'all something. My daughter is amazing. Quinn is amazing, you guys. Um, so just that whole moment, my daughter did not come out to me, you guys. I she came home from college. She had a young lady with her, beautiful young lady, um, and they were just in there watching television. So I said to Quania, "Let's go for a jog. Let's go jogging." And you know, Quania, she's an avid fitness chick. That's my girl. <laughs> and so we we on this little jog, and we get to the, the turnaround point, and she's catching her breath. Well, I'm catching mine more so than she is, I'm sure. Um, so I say to her, when are you going to let me know that you're gay? 
And y'all, she grabbed that little nose piece between her eyes because she's trying to stop her tears. She looks up to the heavens and she just, I don't know what, I, I always wanted to talk about that moment too, but I, it just looked like the heaviest and the most, it looked like a release for you. Um, and I just didn't want to have, that moment belonged to you and me. And we didn't, it didn't need to be shared. Like I was, like you were being chastised in the home where you had brought your friend home. And, and I was just like, I just need you to know that is okay with me. It, I, it's okay. I, I don't know if it's a choice or if you're born that way. It does not matter because we are adults and we can choose. And if you're born that way, then you can't deny it. It doesn't make any difference to me. Zero difference. Um, I have, because of the way that I have grown up and the things that has happened to me and feeling accepted, um, it's hard to go through it's not hard let me let me rephrase that it's not hard it is different to go through life knowing that i was a mom at 13 years old and then turn around became Quania's mom at 16 going into my 17th year and being accepted has always been uh, one of my achilles heel for the world to accept me it was really hard so people had expectations when it came to me of just the things that I was going through. And I just knew that whatever my children had to go through, I did not want them to have as an as bumpy path as I've had. So any mother wants better for their children. And there is nothing on earth that can, nothing in this planetary solar system that can stop me from loving my babies. Nothing. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, you know, with other some some other scenarios with other parents people you know you, did you ever feel like you would get caught up in like a what's it worth uh i'm over here like all emotional um you would get caught up in like a generational curse for some people like oh gay is you know because we grew up in a well in the household we we just we roasted everybody we we clowned everything and everybody and that didn't make me feel like you would accept me per se but i didn't know where really where your mind was because i was out in college being gay as ever and kind of like showing it on Facebook. Facebook was big at the time. Kind of showing on Facebook a little bit, like, ooh, Q, you know, Q got looking a little different than she used to, like, tomboy, but definitely more, you know, heavy on the boy part of it. Um, so, uh, did you ever think that before, prior to, that I had been uh, gay? So the the odd thing is, um, with the anything prior. I don't necessarily believe because a woman, uh, and I don't, I don't refer to women as uh, females. I don't do that. I don't. I don't think that young women, just because they are athletically inclined, automatically makes them a homosexual. That's 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 rude. You know, this is a single singular person deal. No matter what it is you're doing, because. With me being a police officer and then riding Harleys, people thought the same thing of me. However, I'm not, I'm not a lesbian. I just 
like some of my things I like to do are a little bit more masculine and client and that's fine it's okay it's okay to be a lesbian and be those things too so just because you play sports that didn't take me off that is like oh hope this doesn't this that and the third um that didn't bother me uh, when you were even like during your elementary years you were very prissy so you went from being prissy to a tomboy but I was a tomboy so that that's not a, a beacon or a marker for me either. Um, and I know that you had dabbled in trying to have a boyfriend in um, your younger years in high school, and they were amazing. Everybody you brought home to me was always they had amazing spirits, not without challenge, but they were amazing people. But I felt like once you went to college, you just became more of who you felt free of your normal pause judgment. I, I don't know. That's what it kind of looked like to me. Not saying that that's what it was, but um, you went to school and you became who Quania is. And, and it was, it was a beautiful awakening for me. Like, I just want you to live your truth and live your life and not have to be, trying not have a long lineage of people pleasing like I've had in my life. I don't want to continue to be this person that just please, you know, what others think of me. And it made me live a certain kind of way. And so now when you start living for self, if I can get you guys to that, that moment closer in the younger age, younger age versus how long it's taken me, then I've, I've done my job to the best of my ability. Um, but having you come out um the only thing that i felt like i wanted to manage was the clothing i said what we're not gonna do (laughs) we gonna be on this haberdashery baby and i know that when they see you i'm a shoe giving let me show you how this looks and and you know with you growing your locks and me i remember that day I showed you I said girl you need to rub some oils in your locks so that yeah you're gonna make the ladies go crazy (laughs) and you know my daughter has a little bit of my vanity you guys you know we like to look good and it's okay it's okay for us to look good you're beautiful good each each our own way but nonetheless we we have that charisma yeah yep I tell people that my mom bought me my first phone and she bought me my first boxers. So, I, you know, she was always with the shit. <laughs> she with the shit. <laughs> I still can never understand them nasty ass phones. My God. Oops. They were, they were cool though. <laughs> I liked the thongs for what they were. like. But the boxers, it's perfect. I just don't like panty lines. So. Oh. <laughs> Working me either. <laughs> I keep my business to myself on this podcast. <laughs> Not even for me, not for the podcast. You about it. I just don't want to hear it. I ain't gonna hold you. But uh, you said that. But yeah, it's been amazing. I love that I'm able to tell people such great, positive story about me coming out. And I thought that when we had ran, you had said, um, let's hide my ex's name, uh, Catherine. Not, oh, it's definitely not Catherine, but let's say Catherine more than a friend or something like that. I thought you had said something like that. So, um, yeah, but nonetheless, I was like bawling, like a, I couldn't hold it. I was like, I can't uh-huh. run back. I can't run back to the house, like crying. My Y'all, spinning out. Such your baby. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But thank you so much for accepting me and seeing me <clears throat> and let 
me be who I am. It's been about almost 15 years since I've come out. I feel nice and old and seasoned. So it's it's great. Um, it is amazing. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a Mother's Day if we didn't talk about. Um, we give we didn't give time to recognize your mother and my grandmother, Mahalia Amir. Um, mm-hmm. How long has it been since you had 97? So that gives us, if we do time right, that's almost 20. How old is your How old is your cousin Michael? She's like 23 or 24 now. Whatever that quick air math is, it's been a mighty long time, and I miss her. Yeah. Um, like it was yesterday. Um, the biggest thing is that I knew she. Here we are. We had my mom had five children. She had um, she had my older brother and myself in high school, just like I had my two children. This was not something that she wanted for me, of course. And we she worked hard and best of her abilities to to teach me not to. But the universe said that Fatima and Quinaya is going to be here because they were meant to be here because when you are a child of such a young tender age, there are always these options that are being thrusted upon you. And we all know what those options are. But my children are here and they be they were a decision. And that's all that that's that's what's most important. Um, I never wanted to look like what I've been through and nor did my mother. Um, she married young. Um, she had three more children. My youngest siblings, there's an eight year gap and then each child is still two years apart. Me and my oldest brother's two years apart. Um, but her life was, it had some good moments. It definitely did. But she worked hard. She really worked hard. And she ended up losing her mom, my grandmama, at an early age because I was 19 when grandma died in 1993, July of 93. And that was pivotal for your nana, my mother, if we can keep up with the timeline here. <laughs> so she uh, stopped smoking cigarettes because my grandmother's uh, cancer was attributed to secondhand smoke so she became really you know that was important for her she stopped smoking Uh, and then I'm thinking about her age versus where I was when this was happening so my mother was going through this transition in her life of being a better person right at the age of 35 years old because and I'm just like, but she was my mom. Like, my human body is older than my mother's, my mother's memory of her human body. You know, um, and I'm like, wow, look at what she's, look at what she was doing at that time. And you know, more than the loss of her mom, here she has five children. She she's already a grandmother of two at 35 years old, and she's married. Um, has a house. The marriage had ebbs and flows, huh? I was saying it has a big old house with an attic. Yeah, she had a. Yeah, she she was she was philanthropic. She was an entrepreneur. She was she was neighborhood association aware. She she knew about different things that was going to be happening on the landscape of Indianapolis and how she got her home strategically where she had um, wanted to buy a home, get her home. And um, 
she was very proud of me though because I think she could see me in her see her inside of me one with the giving birth to two children and then making sure I still me making sure that I had this route of what she understood success to be in that arena. Um, so I did graduate. On, I graduated from high school on time, as she did. I graduated with two children at 17 years old in 1991. She graduated with no problems, but when she met her husband, she was on her way to go to college, but she decided to get married instead. So she gave me a, a lot of one-liners <laughs> was her one way of teaching me things and um she just told me one of the things that she told me is that you don't need any help with being poor. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> and so I I just made sure because of the things that she taught me to keep going forward with what I believe to be normal occurrences, graduating from high school, going to college, having a job, taking care of your children. Um I was 24 when she died. I believe you were seven. Fatima was nine. And um, to watch her, ten, and and to watch her, to watch her literally have only 40 years on this planet and then to leave us in her 41st year because she died. She turned 41 September of, of 97. And then um, she died December of 97. And it was, it was, it was life changing for me to have lost both women who were my everything. So I had to pivot as my time as, as I grew up, the two women became everything to me. They're my daughters. So I had to give that energy a place. So it belongs to you guys. Thank you. You are phenomenal. <laughs> I'm sorry. You took what works. <laughs> you took exactly the role you're supposed to take. I mean, it's beautiful. You keep doing what you do. Cause like Thank you. That was our rock. We you know, she, we, we haven't had a, a family reunion. We used to have those. Like, yeah. <laughs> all that yeah. stuff. So, so, feel your feels. Jesus. So, I pour, I pour, <laughs> I, my feelings are feeling today. You know, all I have is little women around me, you know? Mm-hmm. You have your nieces, my granddaughters, and I have you guys. And then, most, and most importantly, I, I have to learn to be able to say it. <laughs> is I have, um, I pour that into myself as well. Because um, a lot of my life, I just, I didn't think I was amazing. I was just, uh, you know, people were really hard on me. Mm -hmm. Having my children young, Mm -hmm. I remember not being able to feel proud that I was pregnant because it wasn't supposed to be proud, but I had to be proud and behind closed doors and enjoying you guys the movements within me you know being your mom the excitement of feeling you and being your mom but I was very scared so all I knew how to do was work that's all I knew how to do was work 
and I didn't know how to dream. I had to stop dreaming because I had to work to um, make sure you guys weren't going to be, you know, and no, no, no digs because people live where they have to live. But I did not want to live in the projects. I didn't want to live and I didn't want to be the stereotypical what people believed of us, of people that look like you and me. Yeah. I wanted to be educated. I wanted to have children who were educated and not saying that it meant being some scholarly doctrine and stuff like that. Just you came from a little girl mom and you are an amazing woman you're not you're an asset to society and not a issue no you did an amazing job from where we live to where we went to school like it was great we did see you work a lot but it was it was kind of like not expected but we we respected you for a single mom you know you're in your 20s hey i live in my 20s i was like there will be moments where i'm like Ooh, what if I did have two kids right now? Like, what would that look like? What would that feel like? It makes yeah. me respect you and love you even more for that. Sorry, I'm almost Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry. Let's take a little moment, regather ourselves, and, like, come on back. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for uh, bearing with us through that emotional um, conversation. Um, our family is just like so, so beautiful, and I and I hope that y'all are taking this um, taking this with ease and comfort. Hug yourself if you need to. <laughs> uh, but you know, we are rounding up towards the end of this episode. Thank you so much, mommy, for uh, being here with me, uh, sharing some time with me. I do want to ask one more question uh, about Nana. Um, if you uh like what either what's your favorite memory of Nana or like if she if you could talk to her today, what would you what would you talk to her about? Oh man, if she was here today, mm-hmm. I would probably talk she would not be living here in Indiana. I know that for a fact. So I'll be like, we'll probably be talking about what is the next time we're gonna see each other and she would be super proud of me and then she would be like yo we gotta do something with this business this is doing this is something she would be my first believer i know she would have um and she would have took all her business acumen because she worked in accounting when she uh, was younger at the cable store here um I just feel like she would be my rock she would be that business partner that I feel like I am so desiring right now um just with the confidence the support the love the unconditional love because uh, you know your mom has been single since 2008 (laughs) y'all it's a lot of self-work on that um during that time but um she would have she just would have enjoyed being this partner of mine in this endeavor um it would have just been we it would have been the best yeah. I feel like she is still here, and I believe that it is because of her that I am where I'm at today. Hey, like Brene Brown said, listen to that whisper. That's that might be your yes, to you, that whisper. So, Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for talking about Nana. 
always want to make space for Natalie. She's amazing. Always. Um, I tell people always. Natalie, the first woman I love. Um, you were young, you were busy, but we stayed with Nana a lot, and so she, Nana was like one of the first women I love aside from me, mommy. Mm-hmm. As it should be. Yeah. As it should be. So you being a mom, you know, you being a mom for half of your most of your life. What's some like? What would be a piece of uh, advice or knowledge you would like to share to any mom, mother listeners, or potential mother listeners, potential mother mothers that are listening right now? Yes. Um, I would, one thing that I have learned, and I've learned it through my children. Um, so this is some hindsight for people. If you don't have to make the mistake. Then let's just bypass it all along. So just making time, understanding that your children really only require you. Um, they require you to spend time, have conversation, do things, um, create those memories that to have that human connection, to still hug, love, you know, watch movies in bed, um, talk about hopes and dreams that that is far more valuable than any expensive gift um, home you know it's not about that that's what I've learned through my children and then spending time I love learning from my children um, because they won't be babies and they'll be these adult people and they'll be many versions of you and um but you, but you created it that way, and that we can't, as a, as parents, we can't take our bottom lines of how things were so quote unquote bad for us when we worked so hard to not have our children to have that bottom line. So for us to go back around and say, well, you don't know how hard I had it. Well, that's the gift. We didn't want our children to have it, Amen. and. That they and then if their bottom line is different, then we must understand and listen with open heart, open ears, open mind. That if they say something is hard, then it is their hard. Amen. Just because it doesn't compare to ours, doesn't uh, it doesn't take away from your experience. So that's amazing. I'm glad that you guys did not have as hard of a time as I did because that's what I created Mm -hmm. I I didn't want you to why would I want you to have as many struggles as I've had Mm -hmm. that's not parent like to me amazing amazing you create um, create that 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 new not new way of life but you know give to them what you weren't able to have and like some people get caught up in like oh they know they don't learn it this hard way they're not going to be able to you know learn this discipline or this hardship and they just don't think life's easy but sometimes you, you ain't gotta you yeah. gotta be you know mm-hmm. drug, drug through the mud to, to understand that whatever is whatever and so that mud is dirty you're right we don't and so you know I just want I always I don't take away principle of things I'm a big you know when I can tell you I love saying well the principle of it is we can't look at the actuality, but we still have to understand value of money or, you know, the principle of things being clean and knowing how to do things. But 
because I was mishandled as a child doesn't necessarily mean that my children need to be mishandled. Those are the things I'm talking about because I really believe that we all need to have a foundation and the fundamentals of how to be on our own and a, a clear understanding of what the world is. But when I'm talking about those type of struggles that we wouldn't even most time wish it on our enemies. So we shouldn't have to. Our children shouldn't have to live that life just because it happened to us. Okay. Yes. That's beautiful. I'm glad you... I'm not sure if you've always had that mindset, but I do definitely see that enlightenment and growth in you. Um, yeah. In, in, the, in the prime time of being your daughter, not being your daughter, in your motherhood. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So honestly, that's most I have for when it comes to the Mother's Day special time. Let's go ahead and get ready for our lightning round. And that's... Uh-oh. <laughs> gonna pick which one you prefer over the other um try to think about it just go ahead and blurt it out <laughs> and we'll go yay ready ready right. ready <laughs> we'll start out with netflix and chill or cigar lounge or jazz concert cigar lounge there you go you want would you rather catering um or private dinner private dinner who's your favorite daughter You're my second favorite daughter. <laughs> second favorite. Because I was born second. Okay. Uh, sun, sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Salmon or lamb chops? To cook. Lamb chops. Uh, I, I, I swear, like, for the longest, it, it was always salmon, but then you told me about the lamb chops, which I've never tried. Uh, so would you say lamb chops are your, your signature dish right now? My signature dish? Well, you know, I, ne- I actually don't have a signature dish okay. because I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. That's like asking a painter which, which one's his favorite painting, and he may not have even painted it yet. Sure. So. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much again for, you know, showing up, sharing time and space with me. Um, it's been a beautiful conversation and experience and I hope that you know the love is, is shared and uh, is shared with and everyone is able to absorb who you are and learn a bit more about who you are and you know and hopefully they want to connect too again um, all of my mother's Monica Douglas information will be in the uh, the episode description so we'll check her out follow her on uh, the, the socials whatever have you um, again I'm Q my social super duper q on instagram super duper qq on ig and that's really all i mess with to be quite honest um you want to say any uh any outgoing not outgoing words any last words yeah yeah i want to first say that i love you and thank you for this opportunity to be on this platform um i'm just excited um and just i'm just excited and i'm very proud of you um 
seem like you may have really found your footing in Georgia. I know it's not been without obstacles, but I do know that that perseverance, you've, you've made it to another chapter, another fold in your life, and I'm excited for you. And also, if any of your viewers want to listeners sorry <laughs> if any of your listeners would like to see any of my food is also displayed on my website umistable.com it's on the very first page when you go just scroll down if you're on your phone it's about 15 pictures of culinary cuisines that i've prepared in the past i've been eating her food since you know i was born so i will vouch for her food being amazing like when i say i came down to georgia i was like these people don't know how to cook do they know where the season is? Like, man, it's a whole different, it's a whole different type of food. I can't, the food, I don't know if you're from the South, but like, you ever go up to Indy, or my mom comes out here, we gotta try her food. We might have to just make you an event and have folks come. You, you cook. Let's show. do it. It's different, yo. Like the greens, her greens, hello. You know, every, every little uh, holiday or event, same folks is coming by to get some food. Like, they know, they know what it is. They. They, they, they greet your food like it's family. You know what I'm saying? This is family food for now because every year. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. Don't have to ask them twice, that's for sure. All right. <laughs> they ain't going to ask who all going to be there. They ain't going to ask who, what's all going to be in my place. They don't care. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they come to my parties hungry because they know. Period. I'm going to do the cooking. Yep. Tell them real quick, Quinaya, about the last birthday party when I said people could finally eat. Mm-hmm. How everybody ran up onto the deck. Right. <laughs> food just sitting like, why we got, why, why we taking pictures of food? Like, we can't eat that yet? Like, no, but it was very beautiful. Your soiree was really amazing. So, that's what's up. That's what's up. But thank you all so much. Thank you, Mommy. Thank you all for listening. Definitely want to hit you with another episode in the month of May, so be on the lookout. Um, if you enjoyed this, thank you. If you did enjoy this, thank you for listening nonetheless. Hit me up if you want to be on the show. Uh, any critiques, uh, comments, feedback, whatever, just you know, just hit me up. You know where I'm at. Hopefully by this time, if not, I'm a. It's in the description below for the episode. Uh, love you. Peace, love, and hair grease. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs>